Hi, welcome. This is Dr. John Martini. This is one of the most amazing and inspiring shows that you can listen into. If you want to be on the edge of your seats, if you want to open up your heart, if you want to expand your mind, and you want to meet incredible people, stay tuned because you're just about to experience a transformative radio show that will change your life. And you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show is coming up right next. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Hey, everybody. Welcome. It's so great to have all of you tune us in and turn us on. I am so excited to be talking, talking with <laughs> Tannis McRae here on the show. Uh, for those of you, uh, let me just say a few things because you're going to hear a whole lot more. You know, one of the things I love is that I get to meet people that look at life and look at what life could be about. And out of that, they take this culmination of perhaps their life experiences, right? And there's some decisions that we think we don't make, but we actually do. And it has to do with life and it has to do with experience, but it also has to do with the experience of the deciding factors of who we are in the world and how we are in the world. And those are fascinating because I never thought about them as conscious decisions. You know, there's a perspective that you can have where you think about your life as this is my life and that's it. But if you're somebody like Tannis or you're somebody like me, and I'm not going to speak for her, but I will say this. I have been accused of incessantly talking to myself <laughs> over and over and over again, talking myself in the middle of a movie, talking to myself at work, talking to myself, getting ready for the show. So much to the point where people walk in the room and say, who are you talking with? Well, that's the question for my very special, special, you know, co-host for today that has a fabulous show that's all about talking, all about talking, but talking in a way that I think you're going to find fascinating. So when you're talking with Tannis, Tannis McCray, and you start to think about the things that are up for conversation and discussion. And you start to think about what you have talked to yourself about in your life and have now become that person that's going to deliver a workshop on healing, on wisdom, on intuition, on walking through shadow. When you're that person, wouldn't you like to be a fly on the wall <laughs> with Tannis. Tannis, great to have you. Well, thanks, Pat. I was uh, so excited to be here. So let's, I was going to ask you a different question, but I got to okay. start out. I got to start out with this one. Sure. What do you make of the people that walk in on you? I don't know if that's your situation. I know it is mine. That walk in on you and catch you in the middle of a conversation with yourself. <laughs> Uh, well, mine aren't usually too, uh, too external. <laughs> mine are more internal conversations. I got to learn that skill. There you go. I think, I think we're actually in constant, incessant dialogue with ourselves. That's my word. That's incessant. And I think that we don't actually put any sort of consciousness to that dialogue until you do. And then the moment you put consciousness to that dialogue, rather than just let it 
let it natter away uh, like a background noise. When you're like, wait a minute, wait a minute here. What am I, what am I actually saying to myself? Is it empowering me? Is it disempowering me? Is it somebody else's voice? Is it, is it that old voice from the past, that old trauma voice where it was, you know, someone yelling at me or someone putting me down or was somebody judging me or not tolerating me? Or was it somebody who was loving you? No, that's a rare one. You know what I mean? It's a rare thing when, when that incessant chatter is actually loving yeah. until it isn't. Yeah. Until it isn't, until you decide, okay, I'm going to be not just allowing this internal dialogue to constantly be incessantly going. I'm actually going to start to become conscious of what is it that it is saying. And then I'm going to make another conscious decision about whether or not I let it stay in that way. Am I going to allow the voice, whatever it is, allow the chatter, allow whatever's happening to happen because I know it's going to take me somewhere I want to go. Or am I going to, am I going to edit it? And I'm going to go, Oh, well, wait a minute. <laughs> if I have this thought 1000 times, which sounds like a lot, but it's not because your mind is so good at saying, you know, you need to deal with this. You need to deal with this. You need to deal with this. So I'm just going to keep playing this loop until you become conscious. You're in a loop. Yeah. Here's the thing I want to ask you about, because I love that we are talking about this. Um, I, I don't talk about this a lot, but I am going to talk about it at the, at the moment. Benny says I talk, about, I, I talk about table tennis all the time, right? Mm -hmm. um, but here's what it has done to change my life in recent years. I played in my 20s and then I stopped. But even without talking about that, what I realize is when I'm doing what I'm doing now and having this conversation with you, I am completely focused on what you're saying. And I want to tell you, it is the few times that I think I can point to outside of ping pong where my mind has stopped, meaning it's not that I'm not prepared to have this conversation with you, but I'm not thinking about what am I going to ask her next? Do I think it's going to be good enough? What if it's not the right? Do you understand what I'm saying with this? A hundred percent. That's the incessant dialogue, the incessant chatter, the monkey mind. People call it all sorts of things. But really for me, it's focus. Yeah. It's like, okay, well, you know what? I'm having a thought. Why don't I focus on it for a minute and see what is it telling me about me? That's my favorite question in the whole world. Well, what's this teaching me about me? What's this experience? What's this thought? What's this person? What's this idea? What is it teaching me about me? Which is why talking to myself is, a, is more uh, an idea of, you know what? There's only me. <laughs> you know, we hear about the whole oneness thing and everyone's like, oh, we're all one and that's all, it's all beautiful. And I don't mean to sound irreverent because I think it's absolutely true. In fact, I think it's so true that we miss that it's so normal. And so what that means is to me, the person who's talking to me inside my head is me. And then there's all sorts of levels of me. So is it, is it my empowering me that's talking to me? Is it my highest vibration that's talking to me? Or is it my trauma, my suffering, my past experiences? And both of those are 
immensely valuable. In fact, if I had to pick one, I would say that the lower vibrating one is the juicy one, right? Like that's the juicy one. If I'm it is, hearing, it is. Yeah, if I'm hearing that um, negative mind and then I become focused on it rather than react to it, right? Rather than react to it, just go focus on it and say, okay, well, get curious. That's my favorite thing to say. Like you're curious about it. Oh, what do you think I'm saying that for? <laughs> oh, where did that come from? And you lose it, use it like a game almost. It's like a game. It's like, okay, well, what's that here to teach me about what's happening right now in my experience? What's, what is that thought here for? And it is, if it, it is a lower vibration, a denser thought, negative thought, whatever word you want to put to it. I don't like to think of thoughts as good or bad. I like to think of them as heavy or light. So is this, this thought heavy? Or light. I do the yeah. same thing. Yes. So rather than judge, put a judgment on it, oh, that's a bad thought, that's a good thought, um, it's more just uh, an observation. So is this thought weighing me down? Or is this internal conversation weighing me down? Or is it making me feel lighter? And again, it's just an observation. But like I said, if it's weighing you down, that's when it's juicy. Because that's when you've got something to work with. Yeah. When we think about these things, too, is like we often forget that we have the ability to have a kind of conversation that it will actually give us insight, especially for the I'm you're weighing me down. I mean, you know, the thing for me was I got a discovery about this when I felt so crusted over. I was sitting on a couch and out of it came an entire concept called crust busting right uh and it was the funnest way that i could think about for identifying what was holding me back and and i did web, web shots all workshops all over the place about it because people were fascinated that i wasn't coming out talking all pollyanna mm -hmm. right as a matter of fact, I still to this day get criticized for my opening, uh, I don't know if you heard the intro, the opening intro, where I asked, what would you do if you knew you could not fail? And so many people wanted me to change the word. And I thought, that's probably true for a lot of people, but I've learned a lot from my failures. How about you? What's your life story around failure? <laughs> Tell us about that one. Exactly, because that's that's where you're going to find out who you are, who you are at that densest level. And you can't evolve something until you actually get to the thing that's creating the density, right? Uh, oh, and, and what do I fail at? Life sometimes, you know what I mean? But I guess it's so oh, far I do. past it. <laughs> oh, so I do far, know what you mean. I yeah. do. Yeah. It's so far past it. I, I've, I think that I've I've learned in the last 10, 15 years of doing this work, internal work. And, and I know we talk about the external work, you know, the writing of a book and doing the workshops and doing one-on-one -on -one sessions. But those are, those are collateral stuff. That what's really real here is that I have never stopped doing the internal exploration. And that's what actually fuels it more. So I don't see failures as the same. I see them as an as an opportunity to to go deeper into my own expansion, into my own growth. It doesn't mean they don't hurt. And it doesn't mean I don't feel bad. And it doesn't mean I doesn't mean I don't have all the human uh, experience. In fact, I, 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 I embrace the human experience of it. Why am I trying to escape being human? It's what I came here to do. So 
might as well enjoy it while I'm here and enjoy all parts of it, right? So it, it's not so much a failure anymore as an opportunity. That's what the mindset's happened. Um, that switch has happened in my own brain so that when I do become conscious, and this is really important, when I do become conscious that I'm having that negative loop or that dense loop, then I can stop, focus, get pre present with it, ask good questions. And then my favorite part is watch for it to come toward me in my experience. So this is how I usually explain it. Wow. So I'm going to make a cake. Okay. So I go to the cosmic pantry and I grab all the ingredients and I, and I put them all together in a certain way and I mix it up and I put it in the pan and I put it in the oven and I wait and then out comes the cake and I let it cool and I sit and I ice it and I take a big bite and I go, oh my God, this tastes horrible. This cake tastes horrible. What, what did I do? I can't change the cake where I'm taking the bite. I have to look back at what did I put in this cake? And so that's when something happens in my world, something happens in my experience, what we would maybe call a failure or, or a stress or a trauma. I go, whoa, whoa, wait, what did, what did I put in that cake? I wasn't watching. I was paying attention. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, isn't it part of um, when we think about, and, and of course, we are talking with you about your story, but we're talking about what it is about our stories that help us create something in the world. And how do these conversations with ourselves become the catalyst for that change? Um, and what I love about this is some people may see what you do or what I do as the greatest thing since apple pie. Other people may see the, the cakes that were bacon as not so hot. That is not a very good tasting gluten-free cake. <laughs> That's like awful. But in the end, don't you have to discover a level of self-awareness that helps us evolve ultimately into the purpose or the meaning of purpose that's individual for each of us. Absolutely. And there's nothing else that will do it other than that awareness. And it starts out just like you do. It starts out in kindergarten <laughs> and it grows until, you know, uh, as, a, as a retired school teacher, you know, uh, I don't see as kindergartens as less or better than grade 12. I see that the grade 12s are further along in their understanding, their, their understanding of, of things than the kindergarten. We can't take that grade 12 and put them into kindergarten and say, okay, you know, do kindergarten again, that they'll be bored, right? We can't take the kindergarten and put them into the grade 12 room and say, go nuts, be grade 12. <laughs> so it's the same with awareness. You start at the beginning and you start just being aware, wow, I'm having thoughts that don't make me feel good that's the beginning it's the first one and i love those ones because they're like epiphanies they're like a course of angels oh you're like oh my gosh i'm having a thought and i don't i don't actually agree with it or i don't like it or it doesn't make me feel good do i have to keep having it exactly and that's the beginning of that awareness and then we grow it we grow it i want to ask you this question because that leads us on a pathway that some people may call unconventional. So let's talk about this from your perspective, right? You and I both come from 
at some point, very traditional backgrounds, right? Yes. You know, we actually worked in jobs. Yeah. Right. We may not have had a dream or a vision about those, but we did that somewhere along the way you get a new level of awareness that's calling you and begging you to create something. How did that happen for you? And well, what was it like when you told people what you wanted to create? <laughs> well, mine actually came through my mom. So we all have catalysts and I'm going to have my own catalyst, but really the, I'm going to say the one that inspired me at the beginning was the story of my mom and my mom was sick for 40 years and the doctors really actually couldn't find out what was going on with her. She had all sorts of tests. So she was a celiac. Oh, she was this, she was that she couldn't do gluten. <laughs> it's funny about the cake comment. Um, you know, and, and it was just one thing after another. And she just, she wasn't really sick, but she wasn't thriving. And so finally in around 2004, I noticed, uh, you know, just standing in a health food store one day and there was a sign, this new naturopath is in town. And so I'm like, oh, there was just this moment where I'm like, that's where I'm gonna take my mom. So I took my mom and she did uh, muscle testing. And she said to her, you know, you have parasites. You're going to be fine. And my mom said later, she almost fell to her knees. I, she's like, I thought she was gonna say the, the C word, the cancer word. And she's like, no, you know what? We're going to take care of this. They've just been slowly um, compromising your immune system. And so my mom went on this, you know, jalapeno, pumpkin, you know, anti-parasitic diet. She started taking supplements to do, uh, to improve her immune health and let her body fight through it. She also had a wonderful, like small town doctor who was like, you do whatever you need to do because I, I've got to the end of what I can do. And that was really helpful. Wow. Um, and so then she just, I mean, within months, she went from eating 12 foods. She could only eat 12 things without getting sick to on a bus with her friend to Reno <laughs> to have a good time. Like, I mean, it was a miracle. And then we realized that there was another aspect to her healing. So that was the physical healing. Wow. The aspect that was, she didn't remember how to live like a healthy person. Right. She only knew how to restrict her diet. She only knew how to time out her medicine. She only knew how to, I, I only got this one hour where I feel like I have energy and then I have to go and sleep. You know, like she, she forgot how to live yeah. like someone who's healthy. And that's when um, that same naturopath said, you know, there's emotional connections to everything. And here's a book. And it was Louise. Hey, you can heal your life. And she said, here's a book. Take that. And my mom took that book. And every day she did the exercises until she was good. And she literally healed herself that way. And I have three brothers and three sisters. I come from a very big family. And all of us got on board and we're like, okay, if you we're going to support you in this. So we started delving into it with her. Wow. Just go, you know what? We're all going to look at our emotional health here what's happening in our physical body that our emotional health is going, excuse me, excuse me, you need to pay attention here. And that was the self-awareness that came in was that I am actually in charge of my emotional, physical, mental, spiritual health. And that's what actually let made me sort of go, you know what? I I'm a teacher. I mean, I'm right down to my bones, a teacher and I want to teach 
this now that I'm getting a sense of what, how this miracle, this, this empowerment process. And it's not just to be positive, which is awesome, but to be empowered. Yeah. True sense of the word. Yeah. I am the decider of my experience. And that's where that was it that I couldn't, I was insatiable. I went to every course. I read every book. We worked with real closely with my mom and we still do. My whole family is very uh, awake. If that's, you know, the word we use, very conscious. And so it was beautiful to come together as that group and to, and to really support one another in that and really just immerse myself in that. And so that's, that was my big mm. aha, my big awareness. Wow. I'm so glad you shared that because it took me years to share with the listeners, with my friends. My friends didn't even know how sick I really was Mm -hmm. Um, because I don't come from a family that says, wow, you don't feel well. Uh, No, I come from a family like, okay, if you're sick, nobody wants to know. So figure out, right? But here's the thing I love about your story, as well as the story I've heard from so many something unusual happens. You either find a naturopath, right? Mm -hmm. In my case, I could never explain why I paid what I paid after I dialed the wrong phone number in 2003 for my first hour. I can never explain it, but I knew it was so right. I didn't know why. I didn't know it would become a life's purpose. But it became something else. And I want to talk with you about this and ask you about this in, in, in the story you told. There's a piece of it that I picked up on. I didn't know that the universe was so much smarter than me. That something would happen six months later, April 1st of 04, and my entire immune system turned itself off just like that. And I didn't know that this show and the angel lady who happened to be a regular and still is would give me some insight from the angels to find a doctor that gave T3 and I would find Dr. Darvish who literally has now become one of the top naturopaths worldwide for chronic illness, cancer, Lyme disease. But we took the journey together, Dr. Darvish and I, but I would have never found it. And this show, and then the direction I went, Tannis, was I want to talk to more people about this. That literally, this is, this is how the Dr. Pat show evolved and the network. It was out of a place where I needed to understand this and I needed to figure out how to get well in the world where others were saying, you can't get well. But what is it about your mom and your family that isn't about the body that enabled all of you to rally together to rise up around this? What was it about you all? Unconditional love. Yeah, boy, isn't that it? You know, I didn't know that people grew up for a long time. I didn't know that people grew up without it. Yeah. You know, someone said once, um, you know, I, I was, you know, getting a, a session or something and they said something, well, you are loved. And I said, yes, I know. And they were like, oh, <laughs> and I'm like, no, like you don't understand. Like that was never questioned. 
That was a, never a question. It was, it was always absolutely <laughs> there. It was, ne I never questioned it. It, I didn't even know. I didn't even know that it was possible not to be loved unconditionally. And and I said, I'm from a large family. There could be a lot of, you know, stuff going wow. on. Large, and there is. But I'll tell you, I have no memory of there being meanness. Mm. You know, wow. I, have, I know there were stuff, you know, people got upset with each other and stuff, but I don't remember meanness. And my dad was born in 1918. He was in World War II. Um, you know, my mom was born in the 30s. They were quite a distance apart in age, but we didn't notice that. And, and we, there was 21 years between the oldest and youngest in my family. And so my older siblings were like aunts and uncles. I mean, they, I was a princess. I don't think my feet hit the floor. <laughs> Tiny and small and everyone carried me. But it was, that was, we were so loved and my we saw mom and dad loving one another and it doesn't mean there weren't struggles and and there weren't things that we had to deal with I mean it's life but uh, that really was never a question yeah a question I love what you just shared we're going to take a short break when we come back we're going to continue this story because it's interesting that you brought that up my dad was born in 1917 my stepmom was born around the same age as your mom. So there was like a 20 year difference or something between my stepmom and my dad. And then there was my two stepsisters and we were all about the same age. But one of the things that was so interesting is what each you and I have learned in those families. And I wanna talk when we come back, I wanna talk with Tennis <laughs> okay. about how this, then shapes us how this sense of emotional well-being or not mm -hmm. can shape us into doing great things in the world. Mm -hmm. And not just Tannis and not just me, but all of you out there that have had a few potholes you've stepped in, maybe a few hiccups, maybe a chronic illness, maybe not. Maybe you cared for somebody that had one. Whatever that point was, that you might consider that point of pain, how is it that it also has enormous ability to catapult us into doing great things to help others? I want to hear from Tannis about that when we come back. We'll be right back. This is Debbie Pokornik with a break-free parenting tip. Parenting will always be a bit of a mystery. Who knows why some parenting ideas work and others do not? or why some kids seem to succeed despite family setbacks, while others have so much given to them and yet fail to thrive. The one thing we do know is that once you have a child, you'll never be quite the same again. Awe-inspiring emotions like overwhelming love, extreme guilt, intense frustration, and incredible joy make this job second to none. Breaking free of parenting pressures means recognizing the pieces that make us unique, pieces that we carry with us from the past and the pieces that are influenced by the society we live in. When we can pick and choose which pieces we want to keep around and change the others to align with our inner wisdom, we will feel more self-assured in our role as a parent. For information and to work with Debbie, visit EmpoweringNRG.com. Sanskrit is not just a language to be written and spoken. 
but it is a doorway to gaining understanding of how we experience life and truth. Conscious Confidence is a book written by Sanskrit scholar Sarah Main. The stories Sarah shares will take you on a journey of understanding how the power of this ancient language is not only still relevant, but can truly transform your everyday life. Drawing upon the deeper meanings behind the Sanskrit words for confidence, Sarah Main outlines principles for harnessing the fourfold energy of conscious confidence. Focusing, uniting, simplifying, and energizing. Not just a book, a life guide. Available now on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Inner Traditions, you can find all of those links on ConsciousConfidence.com. Sometimes being human has its challenges. Our physical health falters, our spirits sag, our dreams don't immediately come to fruition. Welcome to the power of Maximum Medicine Radio. Join me, Doc Martin, in conversations that will blow your mind about healing. In our hit show, Doc Martin addresses the scientific with bridging to the mystical approaches to give you a new narrative about Maximum Medicine. In this live call-in show, we will journey into the extraordinary genius of the human body and talk about other beliefs that impact being your multidimensional self. We seek the seen and the unseen and explore the earthbound and the otherworldly, all with the purpose of calling forth the maximum you. To learn more about Doc Martin and Maximum Medicine, visit www.SharonMartinMD.com. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back. Talking with Tannis. Tannis McRae joining me here today. Look, before we talk about what this is that we learn and, 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 and the lesson we learn, every one of us, you don't have to be the host of a radio show to be able to learn this and do great things in the world. So many people have done great things in the world from the strangest places, this is all of you listening. We believe that this is you. No matter what life experience has given you, it has prepared you for something. Tennis, before we talk about this, what's the best way, one, for people to learn about the work that you're doing, but also you have some upcoming workshops mm -hmm. and tell folks uh, not only about the, the radio show, but we have two copies of the of the book, yes. right? Yeah. Talk, talking to myself. So tell us about the book first, and then Benny will go ahead and give two copies away. Tell us about the book. So this book is the result of a 10-year period of teaching workshops. Like mm. I said, you you know, you can take the teacher out of the classroom, but you can't take me out of the classroom <laughs> out of me. And so um, I, I because I was so excited about that awareness journey that I went through with my mom and then, you know, with other members of the family, I, I started offering an experience, uh, uh, excuse me, a workshop called Awaken Your Inner Healer. And it was meant to break that awakening, like to really just focus on that focus, that mental focus, and to realize, you know, I'm not just a physical being. I have an emotion that's attached to that. I have mind that's attached to that. I have spirituality that's attached to that. And by spirituality, I mean beliefs not external religions or anything. I mean, just like, what do I believe to be true? 
right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so I have, I have mental health, spiritual health, physical health, emotional health. And how do I maintain them all? Not just the physical body, but those other ones too. How do I first access them? And then how do I deal with them? How do I flex them? How do I do a workout with them? And then how do I maintain the health of them? And that's what this workshop did. And that's this book. So this book, it walks you through from that awakening, like a catalyst. That's what the whole first chapter is about. Is it called a catalyst? And it's called, interestingly, a white picket fence, because <laughs> I talk about it in the sense of I lived that life. Like, why would I need to be getting, I don't have a tragic story. I'm sorry. I don't have a tragic story. And I used to think that was a detriment to me because I'm like, I don't have something tragic, really, not in the big scheme of things. Other people have had such bigger things happen to them. And, and I, what I realized, though, is I had a lot of joy. I had a lot of curiosity. I had a lot of turn and face. I had a lot of ability to look at the truth unflinchingly. And I'm like, okay, you know what? That's, that's a good, that's a good thing to bring to the table. Yeah. Yeah, it is bravery, right? Bravery. And so it starts out right from there. And then I just take you right through the process that I took the people who took the workshop. And I remember once I was doing a trade show and there were 12 of us in the trade show, all in the energy work business. And I looked out and seven of those 12 people had been in this class. Seven of those people have found that inner healer, that person who wanted to serve others through their own experience, through their own awakening. And that's what this does. That's mm -hmm. what this book does. And I always say, I wrote this book for you, not for me, because I already knew it. But it was like, I wrote this book because I know people are looking for something that's put in a way that's completely understandable. I don't do a bunch of high speak. In fact, one person said to me, it is like you are talking to me in my in the room. So uh, uh, it's like they're talking specifically to, to them. And I've had nothing but positive influence from coming back from it. It's like a child. Yeah. I gave birth to this and off it went and it's having its own life. Yeah. So I hope it finds you because it's <laughs> for you then. If it finds you, it's for you. And, uh, and I, and I let it do all the talking. Wow. And I'm going to, we're going to help the uh, folks uh, actually get found by the book right now. Perfect. Benny, let's go ahead and give away a couple of copies. If we could right now, 1-800-930-2819. We have two copies to give away. 1-800-930-2819. Uh, Tennis, one of the things that, that I think is important to talk about, especially around this, is whether you've had a great life, childhood, whatever you want to call it, whether you've had a great one, uneventful, or a not so great one, whether you've had a life where you've learned things early on and can pay them forward, or whether you've had a life where you've learned things from those experiences, the end game is this for me, and I want to ask you about it, is we all have within us the power to achieve things personally in the world. Mm -hmm. Now, I didn't always believe that, so I'm just saying I was like a total skeptic around it. But the one thing I was given early on was the power to persevere. 
not always a great thing because you hold on to stuff way too long, <laughs> right? So I had to learn. Mama taught me the power of perseverance. I had to learn from Kenny Rogers. You got to know when to hold them and you got to know when to fold them. <laughs> so I had to learn it. But what you're talking about is a way to capture the energy of possibility. See, that's what I get from your book. That's what I get from what you're sharing. To capture that, what is it about this message and about the book that will help people literally capture that energy of possibility and then do something with it? Because I believe it's put in a way that it is absolutely relatable to any story. That it's not specific to a trauma or to a life event, you know, like a, that other people, you know, they'll expound on their life events, which is beautiful. If that's how you get there, you get there. But what I love about this, and, and I'm a kindergarten grade one teacher for the most part. Okay. So it's about bringing something, a concept in that makes it so easy to understand that it, it just seems self-evident, right? I remember once I, I was teaching an art class and for grade one, and there was a, somebody coming in to observe me, you know, to see what I did in my art class. It happens to us teachers, you know, you get evaluated, right? Yeah. And what I was doing is I was actually teaching my grade ones to draw a, a highway in one point perspective. So before he met with me before the class, he said, you can't teach grade ones one point perspective. Like that's, that's like, that's like high school. <laughs> and I'm like, oh no, you watch me. I will show you how to make these grade ones draw one point perspective and not even know that that's what they're doing. <laughs> and I walked them through, okay, draw a line on this side of the page. Okay, make a dot. Okay take your ruler, put it from here. And I, by the time they were done, I kept saying, what do you think it is? And the grade ones are like, I don't know. Is it, is it this? Is it that? And I didn't tell them what it was doing. Huh. And then we got, and I said, okay. And pretty soon they're like, it's a highway. It's a highway. And of course it had perspective. It looked like it was going somewhere. They were so excited. And that's what I mean. That's what this is. It's me taking something that sounds so unreachable because it's, enlightenment you know that big word yeah yeah it's, it's empowerment which is another big word and the, you know somebody who's sitting there going you know i i'm I, i'm i'm don't i'm suffering you know don't give me your pollyanna stuff i'm suffering over here yeah and i'm like no no this is why suffering is the best place to start you don't know yet but this is your juicy bit this is your doorway this is what's going to unlock it your suffering is the thing that's going to create the expansion, nothing else, nothing else is going to create it as quickly and as perfectly and as efficiently as you're suffering. Nope. There's nothing. You're absolutely right. Because I had a lifetime. I had an entire lifetime to get it right. Right. Many, many different experiences in life. Right. I had a lifetime, but somehow I didn't quite hit the threshold of what you're talking about, right? That threshold where I would have to stop and say, 
this is an ultimatum. There is no other Band-Aid option, perhaps, that I've used most of my life. This is where we have to get real Mm -hmm. about it. But once we get there, let's say we are there, Candice. I want to ask you about this. This I found to be one of the greatest misconceptions, right, along the way. I had to learn this for myself. Once we're there, some folks say we have to stay there like a really long time. That has been a concept that I never really understood. Talk about that a little bit, just because we have a life experience that could then become a catalyst. Is there like a rule book on how long we have to stay in that pain? Anytime energy stops, pain starts. So when there is no movement to anything. I think about it this way. Think of how much concrete dirt and size it takes to hold a river back. Like a giant dam, right? Yeah. That's a lot of energy being expended just to keep the river from flowing. Yeah. That's pain. Okay. The river, if we took the dam away and we just let the river flow and we're like, yeah, that's easy. That doesn't take as much energy. I'm going to take it tell it takes way more energy to stop yourself <laughs> than it does to keep going. But that somewhere along the line, we think our mind is the thing taking care of our emotions when it's our body that takes care of our emotions. So that's why mm. moving, moving the body is so important. Moving your breath, moving your thoughts, creating flow, creating movement. So when, when we're, we should never stop because that's when the pain starts. Energy loves to move. Energy is in motion, emotion, energy in motion. And so we keep it moving. We don't close down. And yet we've been taught centuries, centuries as humans to close down. Yeah. To protect and defend. Protect, yeah. defend. But the thing is, you everyone thinks you can protect and defend yourself from pain. By the time your mind realizes there's pain and you do this, you're, you're trapping the horse in the corral there. There's no, <laughs> there's no, you know, and so you're protecting and defending. That's what you think you're doing, but really you're trapping because now the pain happened. The mind said, oh, there's pain. Oh, and so you close the castle gates. And the enemy's sitting in there going, hey, I was already here by the time you recognize Yeah, exactly. You know? Right. <laughs> so, right. And so n- there is no staying in the pain. There is presence in the pain. <gasps> That's a different thing. There's no suffering in there. There's no staying in the pain. But boy, oh boy, presence in the pain, that's your ping pong game. That's when you're like, oh, I am here. I recognize I'm in pain but I'm actually going to have a relationship with it, not try to avoid it, not try to stop it, not try to drink it away or drug it away or whatever. I'm going to have to become conscious to it. I'm going to actually have to sit by the river. I'm going to have to sit there and go, whoa, okay, here's the pain. And that, and that's what I do with my clients. I mean, I see their, what I call point of origin. Yeah. Which I think is funny. P-O-O, your poo, your poo. (laughs) So it's the stuff in the background you haven't eliminated. 
And so it's creating the cakes over and over and over. It's an ingredient that you don't even know is there. And it's making all your cakes taste horrible. And so when they come in and they sit down and I'm like, okay, what would you like? Some of times people know, they know what's going on. Sometimes they're like, I don't know why it came. I hear that a lot. Oh yeah. And I'll say, well, let me just find out and I will find it. It will just be there. It will be revealed to me. I wish I could tell you how. I can't. It's just sitting there. And I go, okay, well, I think it happened when you were five. And they're like, well, I don't remember anything, but we will always find it. We will find that point of origin. And when you take care of the energy at a point of origin, at the point of the suffering, it actually heals it forward and backward. So now it's because emotion isn't something that's in your past or your future. Emotion's always in your present. Yeah. And emotion is the thing that's going to heal that trauma, heal that suffering. And so we start changing our relationship with it, changing, reframing, reframing, finding a new way to look at it. We just keep changing our relationship with it, our perspective of that memory or that feeling or that thought or that idea or that story. And it moves the energy and it transforms it. Isn't that, isn't that though, really the magic so to speak and in the discovery process of it and what you've created because one of the things that I think you're talking about and I would love for you to talk more about it is somebody said to me a long time ago Pat you will always have one power despite whatever you think has been taken away from you or you're never going to get you will always have this one thing And I remember them saying it to me and I thought, this is just BS. Really? That's your (laughs) message? But boy, did I come to know the truth about it. And they said, Pat, you'll always have the power to choose. You'll always have the power to choose. You'll always have the power to choose how you respond to something, how you react to something, how you react to life events, other people. You'll always have that power to choose. And I think that's part of what you're talking about. We have the power to choose another version of the story. Always. There is always another version to the story. Our mind doesn't remember anything 100% detail unless you have one of those beautiful eidetic memories, right? But in, in, in actuality, we are attached to the emotion of the experience, not to the details. So the more emotion you have to a story to a past event the actually more detail you have and so that's what is the beautiful thing is that you grab into on the emotional hooks because the emotional hooks is what keeps it alive yeah present because emotions again are only experienced in the present you can't remember anger you can experience (laughs) it you can remember it because you've experienced it a lot of times but you as soon as you're actually experiencing anger it's in the now moment i always say in my in my, I say in my book, be where your feet are, because your feet are always in your present moment. They're never in your past or your future. So if you're ever wondering where you're at, you just look at your feet. Oh, that's where I'm at. (laughs) If it's not happening where your feet are, it's not happening. And so it's important to remember to, to grab onto the emotional parts of it and to start looking at them from a more, a different perspective, because that's how you'll unhook it. It's the emotions that keep it hooked in. It, it, it keeps them right there. And we can change our mind. Like I, I have this favorite quote and it's on the, it's on the homepage and it's 
in my bio and it's at the title of this this event of this uh talk this talk we're having and it's like you don't decide who you are in the experience the experience will decide who you are a hundred percent of the time like it's without exception it's what it's, it's like a, an absolute rule so if i don't make a conscious decision who i want to be in the experience the experience or the person or the event will decide for me it has to be decided somehow and so it will be decided for me and this is the importance of presence and the importance of curiosity and sometimes you know when you're in the middle of a tsunami you can't stop and go okay well how do i feel about the tsunami no you're having the experience but as soon as the tsunami is over you can when you're safe again and you're on the other side of the experience which is everything you can take some perspective and go well now who do i want to be in response as you said to that not in reaction to it but in response to it and yeah. people think that's not accessible but it is it's that's a hundred percent accessible to them at any given time they can stop take a breath what do i want to be who do i want to be i love it look i think i could listen to you forever <laughs> and i want to make sure that we let folks know first of all again how they can get a copy of the book so mm -hmm. let's start with that but also more importantly how do they find out more about you and also your radio show i think that's important for us to make sure folks know how to do that sure so uh the book is on amazon and so you can look up talking to myself or tennis t mccray there, the best place to go is kind of Tana Central, which is my website, and that has everything on it. It has a link to the book, a link to the show, a link to sessions, a link to workshops. So everything is there. It's all up to date. Uh, everything is on is on there. And so the book, if 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 it's for you, if it finds you, finds you out into that big world, um, absolutely, that's where you can get it. Is on Amazon or uh, on the book page of my website. Uh, you can also, I have a extremely long explanation of what a session is. <laughs> Seriously, if you have it on your phone, I apologize. It is like <laughs> a mile long, but I, I, oh, I, very difficult for me to explain what I do because I don't do anything. I, uh, it's not something I'm doing. It's something I'm being, I mean, present with you. I'm being excited with you. I'm being, um, I'm, I'm tailoring this to you. I don't have a set process. I go in with you in a session and, and I'm working with you. I'm not working with a pre uh, cookie cutter process. I, I'm right there in the moment with you and we're working what you need in that moment. Sometimes you think it's what you think, but sometimes it's not it's something more and we'll, but we always put it together. Uh, the radio show, which I'm super excited about. Thank you, yes. Dr. Pat. Yes. Uh, so I have had one show so far that was that, it was, that awesome. was crazy good <laughs> it was awesome people should listen to that yeah you should tell them about yes. how to listen to the archive right so you can just go to again my website there's a page there for the radio show you can go to transformation talk radio and look me up i'm there i was uh having a great conversation with deborah silverman oh. the astrologer it was awesome i mean so many people got back to me and said thank you thank I you know. for reminding me i know Thank you. And, uh, and then of course I have my favorite, one of my favorite things. I mean, they're all my favorite things, uh, workshops. Uh, there's a teacher in here. She doesn't go away. 
And so I love teaching. I have one coming up in February, uh, starts on the 20th. It's four weeks long. It's called Sensitivity is a Superpower. And this is all about uh, emotional well-being. So this is about really tapping into how do I have a different relationship with my emotions? And it's about staying open and not closing down. That's my first one that's coming up. I'd only take a small amount of people because I'm very hands-on. Yeah. So uh, if you're going to do that, do that too. Then my next one is in um, March and it's called Trust Your Intuition. And that's all about talking to myself. That's all about listening. I love it. To the information that's coming through your intuition for you not for everybody else for you and really paying and trusting the universe trusting the cake making process right that's all about the intuition and it's all about how we need to be relaxed and to breathe and then the last one is in um may april may june because it's six weeks long wow. this is a very long course because it's called walking through shadow oh. And this is all about standing in your fear without being afraid. It's about sitting in your fears and not being afraid. So powerful. Oh, yeah. You have to be able to do that. But boy, it is something that you need to learn. It is. And it, it's something, it is. And to give you the tools to do that safely, if you will. There's not really anything. Exactly. Like that, but to do it with efficiency and effectiveness, right? Yeah, I'll probably talk about it more. I think I forgot to say that my radio shows talking to Tannis are on the first and third Fridays at 10 a.m. Pacific. Yes. 11 a.m. Mountain where I am and then noon central and one o'clock uh, Eastern. And if you don't catch me live, the archives are there. They're on Transformation Talk Radio. They're on my website, TannisMcCray.com. Or talking to Tannis.com, you'll get there. Two trains go to the same station. It's so, what I love. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Did I answer all your questions there? No, you got them all. I wanted to make sure we got them all in. I want to thank you for today. I think I've got 30 seconds left, but I want okay. to use it. I would love to know your personal message. I'd love to know what you want to leave us with today. If you don't decide who you are in the experience, the experience will decide who you are. So decide. Just even if it's even if it takes you somewhere into a cake you don't like, it's juicy. Yeah, just do it. At least just you do can it. say you were in the cake. You were making the cake. You were you paying attention. Were... <laughs> <laughs> Tannis McRae, everybody. I'm Dr. Pat. You're gonna hear lots more from Tannis. And please, please go check out the show. She did. <laughs> It is so informative and nonstop. Thank you all for tuning us in and turning us on. We'll see you next time. The preceding audio was via a Skype call.